And we're live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because I have no beer, because I've decided to take a couple of weeks off of drinking beer. I would explain further, but you really don't need to know what's been going on with my sleeping habits. Thank you very much. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. You can pretty well find me everywhere under that name. That's S-H-U-J-I-N. Hi. And welcome to the new time zone for the show. We'll, we'll kind of explain a little bit about that briefly, momentarily. For the time being, show you who we've got from the Midwest of the U.S., Bridget. Good evening. Good evening. And from points unknown, otherwise known as way off to the east, where it's still oh dark stupid in the morning. Paris, France. Joseph, good morning. Good morning, sir. Good it's good, morning, everyone. Good it's good to have you back. Uh, thanks. Yep. Good to see you guys. Yeah. So what uh, what we were talking about just a, a little bit before we got over here was that um, Joseph was telling me that he was reading over the information about the uh the show and you know we've got a new time zone and he's just like um uh, what what's going on is there something i should really know about <laughs> daylight savings time that that wasn't how it happened at all no no but it sounded more entertaining in my head that way it's just, anyway but in in all seriousness you know the whole thing about warning everybody about the time change for UTC because last week it was 0405 UTC this week it's 0505 UTC because daylight savings time sucks and it just needs to go the hell away I'm just sick and tired of this it's we're back stupid. on standard now and they should just leave it on standard yeah I mean there's a perfectly legit reason why we've got it the way that it is and well you know what? What's what's the whole point of daylight savings? Oh, right, agrarian time. That's that's great when you're in the middle of the Silicon Valley. That's that's perfect. Thanks, guys. Be there as it may. You don't have a garden. I kind of do. I I have a couple of tomato plants. He probably doesn't need fourteen hours of daylight to work in it, though. <laughs> that's that's. That's, that's very much true. That's very much true. So, hi, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, if you've got a couple of tomato plants that it takes you 14 hours, you have issues. Or really Probably good Probably should smokes. not be growing stuff. Or really good smokes. Not in New York. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't do that. Long story with that. So, everybody, thank you, of course, as always, for joining us. On the live chat, if you join us live, you can... Go ahead, let us know how things are going over there. So, Stephanie, good morning. Glad you're able to make it. And yeah, this whole daylight savings thing. I mean, last week you guys were changed over different. Now this week it's changed again. And it's like, whoopee ding, right? But glad you're able to make it. And the fact that you're able to be with us again means that you're still feeling well enough. So thank you. Uh, Felis, of course, also good to see you over there. And of course, the fact that you were there as well. Same thing. Glad that you're doing okay. Um, you know, you you worry me sometimes. You know that, right? Eh. In any case, 
So we're gonna, uh, we've got, uh, we've got stuff to talk about as usual. Uh, real quick, as far as to just a, a personal check-in, because I didn't really, I, I, I kind of forget to ask sometimes. Joseph, you, you, you know, you'd been gone a couple of weeks. Uh, I know that you said off air that there's, you know, a bunch of stuff that's been going on, but as a general at the moment, you sounded, you know, like we were saying earlier, you sound like you're doing okay, at least for right at the moment. You doing all right? Yeah, fine, but I'm not going to talk about personal issues on air. Well, no, uh, um, basically, it's just more a matter of the, the virus check-in, because, you know, a lot of yeah, folks... Yeah, not... in there. I mean, it's like basically uh, work bed, work bed, you know, but that's fine. I'm just uh, kind of worried about, I don't know how things are there, but I'm kind of worried about a, a fourth wave. Or a fifth over here, yeah. Well, is it the fifth already? That's, yeah. As soon as the holidays are all around, yeah. Because there's already the numbers are going up since a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. The problem that we've got yeah, is that um, we're getting we're getting the problems of the expectations of high volume, long distance travel for American Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. So this whole winter season is just not looking really, it, it, it's looking more and more like people are just going to be stupid and really don't want that. I, I had one of my colleagues, he just left for uh, Asia uh, just a couple of days ago. I'm kind of worried about him being stuck there. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, one, of, one of mine passed away a few weeks ago too from covid at my prior workplace. Passed away too? Or were you here when I was talking about Kat? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. Yeah, somebody I had, had worked with, you know, prior. Um, you know, the, the, the place that I had quit when they decided we didn't need to wear masks anymore and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, she, she got COVID at work that? and she died. Well, it's only unvaccinated people that are dying now. Yeah, well, she she was well, uh, she was well, not vaccinated. And yeah, it's just one of those people that it's not it's actually quite common, but uh, you know, things don't become real until they happen to them. Well, I think her doctor had told her not to get vaccinated because she had health you know issues and things like that, and I guess he was not too sure about it or something but yeah well if she was you know if she if she had uh there are people who can't be vaccinated so yeah if she was one of those then yeah i understand we're yeah, all but there was we're all several people several people that i worked with though that were anti-vax anti-mask and wound up in the icu and stuff like that so yeah i have a couple colleagues with that I foolishness, I, I uh, found, you know, other uh, opportunities to pursue, put it that way. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, by the way, over on the chat, uh, guys, thank you for letting me know. I thought I had the levels set up correctly before uh, before we got started. They looked like they were okay. Uh, I've obviously since adjusted that a little bit. And for the record, 
at this point, um, if anything happens a little bit later where all of a sudden Joseph is, uh, Joseph's audio is blowing us out, I'll have to readjust it because right now I have his audio specifically cranked to 200% according to Discord. It's, it, uh, I have to believe at this point, it's just a Discord thing and we just have to deal with it on its own terms. It, it is what it is. Not exactly. It's just that your audio was, uh, for whatever reason, turned out to be a lot lower than what I thought it was. And guys, let me know. And uh, I've I've done the adjustment as best I could at this point. Is it still okay or what? It's it's still a little bit on the low side, but you know what? I, like I said, I've done I've done everything that I can on my side. Normally, the audio that would be uh, already preset for you would be you know, optimum to go through. So I'm not going to go ahead and ask you to try to futz with anything. There's no yeah, reason for right. it. I'll be right back. Okay. Don't touch anything, Joseph. Yeah, it, it just don't worry about it. It's, it's, it, it it'll be fine. Hi. So uh, the only other thing that I can tell you guys uh, is that I had a I had an interesting experience earlier tonight. I stopped over at the uh, Wegmans which is the grocery store that I go to, uh, uh, you know, and the place where I always get those, those beers, you know, the, the put together your own six pack thing. And apparently the, uh, the returns machine did not want to accept a couple of the cans, even though I bought them there. And they actually do say up on the top, you know, New York five cents. It's like, well, <laughs> what the hell's going on? Well, it turned out I, I, Asked him over there to, uh, knowing for well customer service is long since closed for the day, you know, I just asked if, if they knew anything about it. And, you know, person called over a uh, night supervisor and they're just like, you know what? Um, how about, just come on over to the desk. I'll, 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 I'll print you out a receipt for the return. So I'll just go ahead and do it manually. It's like, well, very cool. Briefly talked about uh, a couple of the items, including how bad that creamsicle was. Uh, and uh, we got to chatting a little bit and told her about the podcast tonight. So I have no idea if they'll be listening. But if you happen to be the person from Wegmans who helped me out with my returns, thank you. That was very kind of you. I really do appreciate it. And I hope that you have yourself a good time whether you listen or not, which is also what I told him. So with that, um, anything that, uh, anything that I, uh, uh, I missed for you, uh, for right now, Bridget? Well, y'all are just going to have to, you know, deal with me tonight. I'm kind of <clears throat> under the weather. I've been running a fever and stuff all day and, uh, I'm doing good to set up, but I'm here. Okay. Okay, we'll see how things play out. Uh, I, I've already told her that, you know, if, if we run short tonight, by comparison, you know what? That's fine. If you hear a loud, uh, a loud thud on a wooden floor, that would be me. <laughs> you haven't prepared cushions? Do what? You haven't prepared cushions? No, I probably should, because the room was spinning a few minutes ago. <laughs> Well, you know, actually, everything is spinning at a couple thousand miles per hour well, anyway. Well, yeah, but this I know, is, like, I know, in my head. Yeah, well, you know, 
it, it, it is what it is. But, the um, weather is not helping. It keeps going from like 28 Celsius to like 1 Celsius, just up and down. It's crazy. Yeah, and we had a little bit of like effect snow going on out this way. Nothing accumulated out by me, dusting out over by Buffalo proper. But you know what? Yeah, I mean, it may or may not here. I mean, it's like a 50-50 chance, and then it's supposed to get back up to like 26 or 27 in a couple of days. And I'm like, just stop. <laughs> the other day I went out for drinks with, because um, like, like I said, one of my colleagues was leaving. But I went out for drinks, I, you know, I'm, where I work is right across the street. So I was like going across the street, in like a, a cardigan. And yeah, one of my colleagues said, oh, let's go out for drinks after. And uh, well, believe me, I noticed the weather change. Coming home at 11 at night uh, with the cardigan. It was a long trip. Yeah, I mean, today I got up to two. But I think by Tuesday or Wednesday, it's supposed to be back up to about 26. Are you talking the Celsius or Fahrenheit? Yeah, I'm talking yeah. Celsius. Yeah, oh. in Fahrenheit right now, it's 33. And uh, the high is supposed to be in the 70s in a couple of days. And then go back down into the 30s for highs. I mean, it's just crazy. Is the U.S. moving to Celsius? Is that a trend? Or No, it's not. That for me? No, it, it it's not necessarily for you. It's just a matter of that... Everybody else uses metric as a standard, yeah, and I'm trying my very, very hardest to, at the very least, be bilingual. It's yeah. hard for me. I tend to be much more Fahrenheit-oriented when it's into the warmer season, and much more Celsius-centric when it gets into the cooler season, so... I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to remain as close to you know Celsius only as possible because I mean the world. Yeah, I can tell you where I'm working that uh, the the U.S. scientific community um, about 20 years ago they used to publish their papers in both Celsius and and Fahrenheit, mm -hmm. and I can state for sure now that. Uh, U.S. scientists, uh, almost all of them, uh, without exception, they publish their works in Celsius, mm -hmm. uh, without even mention to, to Fahrenheit. Just a side note, sorry. No worries. Well, I mean, it's what we used in chemistry class, too. Yeah. And medicines over here are in metric. Yeah. It's, 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 the, it, it's referred to as the scientific... Um, What's what's the French term for it? Scientific International? I, I'm 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 not saying anything even close to the French version of it, but the SI unit, I think, is supposed to be like the, the French equivalent of scientific international, international scientific unit measure, whatever whatever the hell it is. But I mean like I said, everybody uses and 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 what? There's two countries that use Imperial as a primary? And we're one of them, and it's just stupid. Micronesia? No, it's it's um it's a Northwest Africa. Yeah, uh, Libya was one of them. I don't know if it still is, but it was. Why do I remember that? Because of freaking Gaddafi. Fortunately, we don't have to think about Gaddafi anymore because he's kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, medically speaking, he's stable. 
He's inert. He's stable. He's in a state of decomposition. He is stable. There will be no change in his medical status. He is stable. He's inert. You know, you want to keep saying that. That's fine. You want to piss me off. That's fine. He's not moving. He's dispersed. He's stone dead. (laughs) Entropy? Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Anyway, I think now's about it. He's he's at terminal velocity. Terminal as in dead. But I'll... Okay, the Kerbal Space Program guy in me is just, no. You don't, no. You don't get to use that expression. He doesn't answer the phone anymore. It's a bad joke. You're quite right. (laughs) Never returns my call. Well, he didn't return him before, so. What's the medical term for that? Not not returning the call? Yeah. I don't know. Dead. The term is dead. (laughs) You're dead to me. <laughs> anyway, just to get it out of the way really quickly, I did look up information for Reef Badawi. Nothing new, unfortunately. So as of the recording of tonight's show, it is now nine years, five months, four days out of a 10-year sentence. We are hoping for a reprieve sometime soon, but otherwise, we are still here, we are still waiting, and we're still hoping for you. So with that out of the way, let me get, uh, let me get the actual going over here because um got stuff to talk about because uh, of course as always i mean that's part of what we're here for always something to talk about so with five minutes on the clock your five minute freestyle starts right now and i have to i have to direct your attention out of the center ring to my personal twitter account as a matter of fact the the one for the shujin dribble and and i use that tongue-in-cheek naming because there are no other well okay there are a couple of other tribble accounts but very few of them and i'm related to one of the other ones however there is one account that i followed and i i think i've got Callie right to either thank or blame or it could have been my sister in crime cheska I, I don't really i really don't remember anymore but the the account in question that I saw something from, you know, uh, just recently, came from at Battleth Babe. I'll have to put the show notes for that so people can take a look at that. But Battleth Babe, who is a, a fun to fun, by the way, Star Trek uh, Star Trek accounts tend to be. She had uh, tweeted one that said. This one is so incredibly important, and it's a picture that says in the middle, men need to know it's okay. And around this picture, it says, to talk about feelings, to ask for help, to break down, to not be okay, to cry, to go to therapy, to be vulnerable, to need support. And I saw that one come through. And again, it was something I, I understood. And it it touched me. It made me kind of sit back and, you know, yeah, I get that. 
but answered back, I know, dot, 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 but dot, 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 I don't know, you know? It's been over 15 years since my wife died, and I still feel it, you know, every day in some fashion. There are times where it's overwhelming still. There, there are times where it's just a background thing, and I can handle it a lot better. Grief is one of those things that, you know, it's, it's hard to quantify, because for everybody it's different. But this idea that it's okay to do and be all these different things, it's, it's really hard for me to... It's hard for me to internalize that. I mean, I, I know that, you know, we men, we should be okay with being more open and, and being vulnerable and asking for help. I don't know how anymore. I just don't. You know, I've, I've, I've actually tried a couple of times to think to myself, how, how do I do that? Who can I talk to? Who, who could I open to? And, you know, I've, I've thought back on my time. I was taken to two different child psychologists when I was a kid. That didn't go over well because I, I was a shy kid. I, I really was the outcast. I was kind of socially stunted. And over time, you know, I kind of just relied on myself because I still was socially outcast. And after 16 years of having to rely on myself to just kind of plod through and get through, it's okay to ask for help. I get that. But unfortunately, I think I'm one of those walking wounded that probably will never be able to. And in some really weird, strange way, for some reason, that's okay for me. Or maybe it's just a matter that I don't know that it's not okay. There are others like me out there. Just try to be kind to them. Episode 384 of the docket, Armistice Day. Now, technically, this kind of works into being uh, the, the end of a three-part unofficial series, I guess is the best way of describing it. Uh, you know, back when Halloween came up, kind of talked about the idea of you know, spirits, the the spooky and the afterlifey kind of ghost kind of stuff, and you know, we 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 don't really think of we don't really think stuff like that. And last week we talked about you know the Day of the Dead, you know, an opportunity for family to not necessarily think that there is an afterlife, but a poetic one 
more like where we remember our family. We remember the people that made changes for us, usually for the better. And to keep the keep the idea of our family and friends, family of choice alive in our hearts. This time, because it was Armistice Day, the supposed end of World War I, I think it's worthwhile kind of talking about the other end of it all. What ends up happening after stuff like this? Because as I put into the show notes, you know, there are some countries where this was bad. This was nasty. Uh, very specifically, 1% of the world's population. And this was horrific. World War II was, if memory serves, more like 3% of the world's total population. But then you have Serbia in World War I losing nearly 30% of its own population. That does lasting damage to peoples and societies. And we're going to kind of talk a little bit. I'm not quite sure where the rabbit hole is going to take us, but uh, we'll, we'll go through some of these and see what kind of stuff comes of it. But otherwise, let's at least get uh, starting. Um, hi, tech. I see you over there. I thought you weren't going to be able to be around. I don't know that you want in, so you let me know and we'll kind of work it from there. But otherwise, we got the horrible scopes ready to go. So if you guys are good and ready for it, we can get rolling. Sounds good? I'll take that resounding yes right from there. Or... Wait, yeah, you, guys are, you guys are giving me this stuff one way or the other. Tech, are you? Now, see, here's the problem. Tech's over on the yeah. chat, but he had yeah. told me that he was supposed to be going to be un uh, unavailable. So, I don't I know. He's just checking in. You sent him a link to the show? Uh, no, because he told me that he was unavailable. And, yep, there's the confirmation. Not able to talk, so he'll be typing up away. Oh, oh I had to be sure. No worries. You take care of yourself over there, man. All right. Other than that, let's get you rolling over here. Uh, well, you'll have to wait and find out. I, I did finally get the horrible scopes written up earlier today because I had a crap day yesterday, and I really just was not up to doing them. So we'll get you rolling. Aries. See? Bribery works in your favor this week. The next time you make bread, replace the sugar with honey and use a 50-50 mix of bread and all-purpose flour, both sifted. You're going to love the results. And if you don't have a bread machine, go out and get one. It'll do you a treat. Morris, this week you should take inspiration from old cheesy TV shows of the 70s specifically 1977's Quark. The exploits of Adam Quark, the ship's commander who longs for a glamorous, important assignment and ends up collecting trash instead. 
at least his crew cleaned up all the trash in the Milky Way galaxy before the first commercial break. The least you can do is take out the recyclables. That was a really, really bad series. I downloaded it. Uh, Gemini, consider the question. If you had a million dollars, what would you do with it? We're guessing you'd just buy up the remaining stock of original 1986 Beanie Babies and expect them to skyrocket in price. And that is why you're not allowed to have a million dollars. Kansas Moonchild, with the winter approaching, it's time to get everything ready for the season. Replace old weather stripping, change out your furnace heater. That's supposed to be filter. Whatever. And make sure you have a heavy-duty extension cord. You're going to need it when your car's battery needs to be recharged. Yeah. Bundling yourself under 10 kilograms of blankets is soothing, but all the sweat is too annoying. Buy 12 box bands and fasten them to the bottom of your box spring. They'll pump air through your mattress to keep you cool. It works for computers, so why not for sleeping? You need to just install a drain. Uh, Virgo, you bribed us too? Wow, okay. So imagine you're Fred Rogers in the 1960s, disenchanted with what passes for children's entertainment at the time, <clears throat> and decide that the only way to fight that was with, with, with a gentle voice. You can be that gentle voice, making changes to the lives around you. But that'll all go out the window if you've ever spent two hours stuck in the QEW because someone broke down in the left lane of a two-lane section. Just remember to breathe. For anybody that knows anything about the QEW, yeah, that's a real thing that can happen. Libra? Canada? Sorry? So in Canada? Yeah. The Queen Elizabeth way it is the major thoroughfare uh th past toronto um when there are when there are breakdowns on the qew during rush hour it can extend for like 12 kilometers long no joke and it's been that way since 1970 yeah yeah it has libra have you checked your car's tires for uneven wear? Now might be a good time. And bring a magnet with you to see if the wheels are magnetic. Be really funny if someone added neodymium magnet strips to the inside edge, throwing your wheel balance off, huh? Be safe. Scorpio, no, we don't know why your cat food supply ended. Just tell your cat that she'll get a double ration of catnip next week to make up for the disappointment. But still, keep sleeping with one eye open. Sagittarius. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> that darn cat next door cannot testify against you in court if they figure out why you, they figure out you killed the bat. Now that you're clear on that, it's time to head out and try to shoot a Canadian cobra chicken to serve for Christmas. Why so early? Because you know full well that, a, that its icy little heart will need that long to thaw out before you can hope to cook it. And remember, you're only going to get one shot at this. One shot. One kill. And if you miss, we know who's going to be killed. Cap like me. 
<clears throat> Capricorn, someone is about to start a prank war with you. Don't fall for it. Just appreciate the prank for what it is. An opportunity to learn how they operate so that you can best them in the spring. It's only five months until you can get them good. Start planning now. Aquarius, you have more gravitational influence than personal influence over your friends. Don't give advice unless they ask you for it this week. It'll make things less awkward for everyone. Is that a way? That's a round of, uh, that's a round of about way of telling someone that they're fat. I wasn't trying to say that. Okay. I wasn't trying to say that. Pisces, unless your bathroom is carpeted, what? Uh, don't replace your shower door with a glass one. Sure, they'll cool. They're cool looking and make you think you're some kind of. I, I'm having a problem reading today. <laughs> Sorry. It's still sure, early. Cool, yeah, sure, they're still cool looking and make you think you're some kind of rich 80s personality living in the lap of luxury. But one unsecured bolt and you'll never get out of there. And if your bathroom is carpeted, please tell us that you bought it that way. What's your excuse the for not? bathrooms are just gross. I, I found out that not too very long ago, carpeted bathrooms was all the rage over there in the UK. So that's why I'm saying I really hope that you bought it that way. If you've got one, those are your horrible scopes for this week. Trust me, the idea of a really um, damp, deep pile shag carpet that's green, that's not supposed to be green, is a really, really, really disgusting thought. And really, don't, don't. Mm. Bathroom carpet. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A bath mat you never change. No, 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 not a bath mat. Carpet. Oh, it's Le a le carpet. Legit carpet. 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 Yeah. No, Glued. I said, but, it, but, yeah, it's kind of a metaphor. Anyway, it, it, bathroom carpet is like a bath mat that you never change. Ah, yeah, it's gotcha. really gross. Yeah, it's. Mm. You need to get cosmetics in it. Everything else is just gross. Mm. All that talcum powder that's fallen off your body that just gets accumulated over in there. Yeah. Maybe save a save a piece for I don't know. No. Story. No. <laughs> oh, can you imagine the carpet around the toilet? No. <laughs> This is why all carpet should be white, so that you can always bleach the absolute hell out of it every time. If it's permanently placed carpet, you can't. I don't care. I will use bleach any opportunity I can. And if I can't, I'll use kerosene. <laughs> I'll just burn the whole damn thing down. By the way, that's, that's, that's something that I learned from my wife. She was the one that taught me. If you're going to buy bath towels, don't ever buy colored bath towels. Always buy white. Why? So that you can always bleach the hell out of them when you need to. Because women. It took me a while to understand what she was trying to get at, but it made perfect sense after the fact. And yeah, only white because women yes because sooner or later 
you will make a mistake and you will have a, a white towel not be white temporarily until it's washed. Okay. I, I won't follow that. I, I have a suggestion. But exp- explain it later. Explain it later. Uh, um, laminate is the current fashion. That's okay. Uh, and the bathroom carpets were never shag pile. They were washable. You know what? I don't care. The the, yeah. the fact that they were carpet in the first place, just no. And feelless marble, just use marble. I, I'm going to use my F-bomb right here. Fuck no. Old. No, never mind that. Marble. Smooth marble. Wet feet. There you go. Nobody needs to be the help I've fallen and I can't get up woman. Nobody needs to be that. Bad enough enough having ceramic tiles in the kitchen. Uh, That's good. Slick, too. Yeah. Ask me about that. (laughs) No. No, I'm not. I've broken a toe before because mopping and slipping and had it go underneath me. Yeah. It was my middle toe, okay? I don't care which one. The only other person I've known of that has had toes broken was the lead singer for the cover band that I used to do photography for and that was because every once in a while it'd be just like, yeah, I was just moving, uh, I was just moving microphone stands around and one of them slipped out of my hand and hit my foot and, oh, yeah, broke that yeah. one again. I mean, I've broken my big toe before on my motorcycle a couple of times, but this was the first time I'd ever broken a middle toe. Don't. Okay. We're, 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 we're not going to talk about this anymore because I'm <laughs> starting to feel bad things in my testicles and I really don't need this now. Thank you. <laughs> That sympathetic pain, for me, that's where I feel it, all right? It's a bad feeling. I can get away with saying that, because it's true. Yeah, kidney stones hurt worse. Uh, Especially uh, when you're pregnant. I can't compare it to the pregnancy thing, oh, I'm but sure, I'm sure Susan can relate to that. Not the pregnancy thing, but for the for the gallstone thing. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, kidney, kidney. I know, I know, ki- I know, kidney. I I, like I know what you six mean. Six and a half months pregnant. Yeah. Oh, at the same time. Um, at the same time. Oh. Yeah, at the same time. Fun. And they can't do anything for you because they can't do a lithotripsy on you while you're pregnant. And they can't give you pain medication, and you just have to. Yeah, that was fun. Okay. <laughs> and add constipation to the mix. <laughs> um, Are we imagining a new hell? Yeah. But that, that was brutal. That was worse than labor. That was worse than childbirth. I will have to take your word on that one now. Yeah. Because unless I'm suddenly... The, many people are not going to get this. Unless I certainly suddenly turn into uh, a female hyena, I will not know the pain of giving birth. So probably the, the kidney stones when I was pregnant was probably the only time I've ever been in so much pain that I was crawling on my hands and knees. <sighs> yeah, that's not... 
That's, it was horrible. Yeah, that's 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 not a good thing. So moving into this whole damn thing, as I said, Armistice Day was this week, the eleventh hour, the sorry, the eleventh minute of the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month. The official signing of the end of hostilities for World War One. Yes, we know for well that hostilities continued even afterwards because, I mean, instant communication was not exactly a thing at the moment. N- not nearly the, the way that it would be in decades forward. But like I said, you know, what the the human toll, the societal toll on the peoples of the world is, is something that's really difficult to try to imagine. There are no more veterans left of World War One, World War Two. The if you get the idea that someone could sneak into the armed forces at let's say sixteen years of age at the end of World War Two, giving the best possible concept at this point, that would mean that the youngest possible at this point would be someone of 92 years. World War II is about to become just just history. But what it does to people, what it does to societies, war, very specifically conflicts, armed, deadly conflicts, what it does to people and to groups is really hard to quantify. So like I said, World War I, 1% of the entirety of the world's population, which was significantly less than what it was come, you know, World War II, of course, which was 3% of the world's population. Fortunately, things have slowed it down for overall worldwide conflicts, thank you very much. But, you know, they're still kind of there. Serbia took a near 30% hit to its overall population. And I cannot for the life of me imagine that suddenly three out of ten people that I might know, gone whether they were active conflict military or civilian, just gone. And the amount of infrastructure that would be just gone. And the people that came back from these conflicts, especially here in the U.S., they were... Later, they were told that they basically just had to suck it up. I'm I'm using the wrong terminology. But, you know, we didn't understand what happened to these people when they went into conflicts and they came back and they had what was termed shell shock or they came back broken people or they were never allowed to heal. But then the civilian populations all over the place otherwise, who were not nearly as lucky 
you know, they, they, they took a major hit of it all. Last week was all about keeping people's memories alive in okay time. How do we deal? How can we even consider how these people dealt during those times after conflicts, worldwide conflicts? I'm lucky enough that I've never had to serve in a military because I don't think I'd be able to. I could not pick up a weapon to kill. I, I, I just couldn't. I'd end up doing the same thing that, uh, <laughs> the same thing that Cassius Clay did back in the day for Vietnam. I'm not going around the country. I'm not going around the world just so that I could kill my fellow brothers. I'm just not, I don't care. So this is going to be a really difficult topic to try to, to look through, but I think it's kind of important for us to kind of close out everything that we've gone through and try to figure out what could have been happening to some of these people. How do we keep the memories alive enough that we recognize that the toll for these worldwide conflicts is simply not worth starting. Well, I, I know that my grandpa had PTSD, but you know, he had gone into the Navy when he was 17 and he was at Pearl Harbor. And, you know, he died when I was 11, but I always remembered him, you know, having problems with depression and he was an alcoholic and, you know, just didn't, you know, handle things very well after he got out of the Navy. And it was just, you know, something that we knew about him, but something he couldn't talk about. But, I mean, just to imagine being 17 years old and in war, I mean, that's just horrifying. And the stories of the, for lack of a better way of putting it, I don't know that it's wrong, the kids who snuck in because record-keeping was fuzzy, yeah. who snuck in at 16, 15 if memory serves, I think was one of the youngest that ever got in. I don't know if he snuck in or if he was allowed to enlist when he was 17. I just know that he was 17 when he went in the Navy. Yeah, 17 wouldn't surprise and, me. And that's still, a, I mean, it's still a kid. I've got a picture of him, you know, in his little, you know, Navy uniform with my grandma that was taken around, I'm thinking 1944. Or something. I'm not sure the exact date on it, but he looks so young. I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound. Um, he was young. Well, okay, you beat me to it. So, okay. Yeah, he 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 was. And I'm, 
I mean, we can we can just as easily say, well, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, he was young because, you know, he was young. But there, there's also a, a, another piece about it that, you know, we kind of miss out because we don't think about it. Before you go into a conflict, you are young. It yeah. does... It does unkind things to people. I mean, that may be why, you know, my grandparents split up. I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I know is when my dad was, you know, six months old, you know, his his mom left and never came back. My grandfather was... uh, was in the Navy, World War II. He got lucky. Um, he he was uh, he was a dashing young gentleman from the from the north uh, from the northwest. He he was a he was a he was a Twin Cities boy. He was a Minnesota man. But uh, he he was Pacific Fleet supply. So the likelihood of there being any kind of conflict, I mean, no. Fortunately for him, just no. And he, you know, never talked about it. I never really knew when I was growing up. And um, I really think that he got exceedingly lucky. Yeah. I I only know that my grandpa was there. I mean, he never said anything about it to me ever. And the only reason why I knew that he was there is because I don't know if it was, you know, somebody in the family or what had kept a newspaper clipping of an article in the you know, from the Memphis paper that, you know, had said that he, you know, was there and had saved, you know, these crewmates and, and things like that. But he never talked about it at all. Yeah. Stephanie's pointed out both my parents served in the Air Force during the Second World War. I was raised on RAF stations. Armistice Day or Remembrance Day was significant in my childhood. Uh, I'm going to come back to that in a second. And also continue to say Pearl Harbor was particularly shocking because the U.S. thought they were at peace. Yeah. Peace or ambushed. Yeah. Uh, I'm I I I want to say that peace might be overstating it just a little bit. Uh, a a a tense peace, probably, but the idea that suddenly there would be an imminent attack, yeah, you're you're quite right. There is simply no no forewarning. Regardless of what uh, the the Philip, what the hell was the name of the movie? The Philadelphia Experiment. No, which one of the, whatever the hell it won, I'll, I'll remember it later. The the nineteen seventies time travel movie. The 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 was it the Nimitz ended up going back in time. Yeah, whatever. Just the idea of a whole fleet of F fourteens going up against. Japanese zeros is just anyway. Um, 
Armistice Day slash Remembrance Day. You know, over here in the U.S., it I don't ever remember hearing it as Armistice Day. It's always been Veterans Day. And I think that's something that's been kind of shifting and changing a little bit over the last... Uh, arbitrarily, I'll call it 10 years. Because little drips and drabs here and there have really kind of settled into uh, pieces to remind everybody, look, it's not just about, you know, the vets here in the U.S. This is the worldwide thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll, you know, the, the, the American exceptionalism, you know, whoopee. It's kind of annoying for me to, to think about it in the terms of that, how much we Americans have really looked at stuff and said, you know, go us, look at how proud we are for all the people that we've had going out there and, and, and such. And it's like, do you, do you, do you not even get it? It's not about us. It's, it's about all these other people, you know, there, there are other people out there, you know, And we're fortunate because we get to see the people that have come back. We've never seen the other side of it. We, or I should more likely say we've never experienced the other side of it all. The countrysides that have been ravaged. I mean, hell, I... Admittedly, I have not... I, I don't really remember the trips that I'd had to England as well as I would really like, you know, mental trauma and everything. But I remember my grandmother's friend. God, I miss her. Her name was Jem. Lovely lady. Absolutely a lovely, lovely lady. I miss her terribly. But we we talked a couple of times and she talked with me a little bit about what it was like for her and reminding you in England, she, she lived around. Oh God, I forget where I forget where it was that she was. She was roundabout London. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly where, but she, she talked about the terror that was involved with the buzz bombings the pockmarking that happened on, on buildings and how much they still had, you know, stuff left over, you know, 20, 30 years later, you know, putting it into, into the, into the seventies because, you know, it's when it was all going on, going on, meaning the, the times when I would, you know, I had opportunity to talk with her. But even even then, that that was that's England, man. And a generation of of people who grew up positively terrified of a sound because it could be the last thing that you hear, and you've got seconds to just hide and hope. And I have no idea what that, what that can do to kids. 
I mean, the most traumatic things that I can remember were having to do the, the, uh, the, uh, fire drills to go outside from, you know, the school or the air raid drill to go into the middle of the hallway and cover your head and lean against the wall. Like that would do anything. I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's tough for me to think about situations like that where there's, you know, people just gone. Just swaths of a population, just gone. Infrastructure, just gone. Houses, buildings collapsed and, 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 and what can you do except hope to hell that you get somebody to help you come in to clean up, to fix things, to, to get food planted, to, to get walkways paved, to get build, uh, to, to get gasoline, uh, petrol stations up and running, get, get mechanics putting things back together again. And have to deal with, and, and I'm kind of stealing a little something from Joseph that we talked about before the show started, the indignity that some of that help is going to come from the people that beat you. I can't imagine how, how, how that would be. And Bridget, you got a TV on back behind you somewhere I hear something. It's probably my husband watching it in the living room. <laughs> no worries. No worries. It, it was just startling because I, I'm starting to hear these ghostly kind of voices, and I didn't realize that it was actually coming through because I, I finally looked over at my other screen and I suddenly realized, oh, there's the indicator that's showing that you know there's, there's sound coming through. Okay. Oh, I, sorry about that. No, no, no. It, it, it was just kind of freaky because it's like I'm, I'm hearing female voices in my head. This is not good. Or am I freaking out a little bit? Yeah, I had just I had just looked to try to figure out when my grandpa was born and stuff and figured out that he enlisted in, in 1939. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> part of the funny part about it is for me I'm I'm thinking to myself, wow, 1939, what do I know about it? Some great big band music, some some great old-time radio. Well, it wasn't old-time radio at that point, but the entertainment world, you know, vaudeville, and, and, and damn. Yeah. I wish I had a picture I could put in the chat, you know, of them, but, I mean, I just have it in a picture frame, so no way for me to put it in there. That's all right. I just put up a picture of my granddad. He's a nice looking gent. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was an airframe mechanic. Wow. But he wasn't that young uh, when he went in. I think 45 he must have been. Well, he was 102 two years ago. So, Wow. 
Good man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm remembering today's big in, in our family. It's actually pretty damn cool. Um, Stephanie's I'm, also... Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, I'm, when I think about Remembrance Day, like Remembrance Day, um, actually the uh, the 11th was uh, a holiday here because it's, it's actually Armistice Day here. And um, I keep on thinking back to... Um, it's, a, it's a day of remembrance... For the end of a war, um, how do I put this simply? But war back then isn't what it is now. True, because um, back then it was more a political. Like you, you had one one country trying to politically overtake others, um, but you know. And um, one country would try to impose its ideals on an, another country. Basically, all wars since the beginning of time have been over um, not only uh, resources and things like that, but uh, also it's been wars have been over the control of populations because of if you gain control over a complacent population, then you reap the benefits. But in the past, it was more on a political level. But, uh, you know, these days, well, um, most of the U.S. military serving overseas, I think their uh, raison d'etre is, uh, is a bit different from soldiers from that time. Because most soldiers today, you know, most U.S. soldiers anyways, um, their job is basically defending or um, guarding. But basically, they, they seem to be um, security guards for um, American interests abroad. That is a very good way of putting it. And I saw a post from um, a former military member, and he, he put it... I forget his name, Pelham. But um, he put it pretty succinctly said uh, yeah well i know that <clears throat> my time as a marine um <clears throat> that i was serving corporate interests like that and that part of it you know i can't stand but um what i'm gonna most remember is um the, the brotherhood the camaraderie that i felt with um you know my fellow soldiers and that's one thing that hasn't changed and when my granddad talked about um, <clears throat> his time in, uh, during his service, um, that was basically all he talked about. I can believe it. What I was going to say before, though, was that um, Stephanie had also pointed out and this, this, this blows my mind. No pun intended. We still find unexploded ordnance. This is stuff from World War II, which we are fast 
approaching, fast approaching a hundred years since. It's been 80, it's been 80 years since. Roughly, I'm, I'm, I'm rounding a little bit because I'm not doing math in my head right now. And there's still stuff out there. And it's, it's not just in Great Britain and, and the shores of England. You know, there's stuff out there too damn many places that's been left over. I mean, we've... There's a piece about this one that I'm not going to go too far into. There are areas of conflict zones. Not war zones, necessarily. Conflict zones. That are still somewhat radioactive. No... I'm not talking about Japan. Remember, back in the 60s, the A-10 Warthog came out. The gun with a plane strapped around it. And its ordnance out of that gun was depleted uranium bullets. So, yeah, there are areas where this thing has been used where that ordinance is still somewhat radioactive. And you probably remember from most biology classes, radiation plus biology equals not a good time long term. But the problem is, what can you really do about it? Not a hell of a lot of anything. And like Steph said, you know, the stuff is still out there. Every once in a while, there's a piece that comes up on the news. Somebody found a, a <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody found an unexploded hand grenade uh, in a, in a, uh, in in the sand of a of, of of a beach. Bomb squad comes in, find out. Yep, this this was a real thing. Yep, we took care of it. Don't worry, it's all good now. There are supposed to be a couple of bombs still somewhere off the coast of the Carolinas here in, in the U.S. A, a, a hydrogen bomb, I think? Somewhere way deep underwater at this point, I really hope. Really, 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 really hope. Just gone forever, I hope. Because it was being transported. And it fell out of a plane. Oops. It is what it is. I'll have to get a better picture. <laughs> That's not a bad picture. Well, I just snagged that with my phone, and it's way up high on a shelf. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure I've got a picture of my grandfather somewhere around too. He, like I said, he was a pretty strapping, strapping young man at the time. Any case, I say he was striking, but he just looks so young. Yeah, you know, look, I'm looking at this. Uh, could could we end up sharing that uh, eventually sometime? By the way, both of you guys, I I didn't think to ask. I'll take a better one, but yeah. 
Okay. Okay. For for what it's worth, Bridget, your 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 grandpa. Mm-hmm. I'm quite serious. He could have been leading man material in the films. <laughs> I mean, just going by that picture. Admittedly, you know, the the the, the, the picture has definitely been. It looks like it's been softened up a little bit, but still. That's really, that's really so, I'll have to pull that down and get a, a straight on picture at some point. But <laughs> the cases, you know, are like four shelves high and it's up on the top shelf and I'm short. I think the term is vertically challenged. Yeah, I'm vertically yeah. challenged. Yeah. You know, the funny the funny part of it is now I'm I'm suddenly thinking to myself, uh crap, heretic woman was here, it'd be just a she'd be just you know what, I'll come down there, you can you can hop up on my shoulders, you'll be able to get the picture, and here I am thinking to myself, I'd be answering back that still wouldn't help on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every once in a while it's still yeah, that in my has head. an awful lot of glare on it. Uh, I'm looking at it at the screen of my phone mm. with, you know, my my old background on there, and uh, it's vastly different in that picture, but it's really small. That's all right. Um, Felix was asking, "Can you scan it, Bridget?" You know, th- see, this this is the thing that pisses me off. The idea be of able to get it out of that frame without destroying it. Mm. There was that. The idea of being able to have a, an actual scanner anymore, that's just not done anymore. That annoys the hell out of me. It really does. I got a flatbed scanner that I had gotten from my, uh, uh, from my Amiga years ago. Don't, I don't use it anymore. It's a, a scuzzy scanner. It's a, it's a term, whatever. But you know, there, there, there's no such thing anymore. It's all on the camera, just, just flashy thing and whatever. Anyway, like I was saying, we're the lucky ones. We're the lucky generations. We've got the we we've got the vast majority of our combatants came home. We don't. You know, what what have we what have we got to to compare it to? We've we've never we've never dealt with that. We've never dealt with that, and you know, kind of painting a broad picture on this one. You know, thinking back about how, like I said, worldwide, one percent of the population died from World War One. And here in the U.S., I don't. I'm. I'm not going to do the. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to do the numbers right now. But there is an. There is a not insignificant percentage of the population now that we've lost through medical issues. No, I'm, 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 
I'm painting it really, really broadly for a minute here. I'm sorry. And we don't even... And we have a number of people that just don't even want to just recognize the, the pain and suffering that these people are going through, these families. And... You know, there's there's almost a direct analog for me. I don't want to recognize or can't. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier. Wow. What? Both of those concepts absolutely terrify me. The 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 idea that some people can't empathize or sympathize with with those deaths and those losses or won't which would be an 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 active rejection of both of those concepts absolutely terrify me because well, won't also involves uh, a refusal to learn how to because i mean exactly em- empathy is a is a learned we do have, uh, I remember an earlier discussion where there was a, a difference between you know, sympathy and empathy, I think. Oh, God, I don't remember which is what and how to differentiate. Yeah, but I mean, um, one is actually feeling with you, within yourself the pain of somebody else. And, and then there's also another emotion that about amounts to pity mm. and then you can step that up one level where you've got somebody making um, I think the term is uh, something display what do they call that you know like uh, somebody makes a display about caring about uh, the starving children in Africa when they they don't There's a there's a term for that, but anyways, yeah. But there's so there's so many different levels. But I mean, um, if you, you know, the person, the person best able to um, feel somebody else's pain is somebody who's helped, felt pain themselves, and better still in a similar situation. But those who haven't felt who have led relatively comfortable lives um, who don't think about anything but whatever's in their own little bubble um, these are the people that have never learned to really empathize and Stephanie's and, got a sorry just real quickly Stephanie's got a piece over here that I, I don't know that it's right or wrong but she's got it over here as sympathy is pity Empathy is understanding. Again, I don't know if that's right or wrong, because I, I, oddly enough, I've never really thought about what is the difference between sympathy versus empathy. I literally, I've, I've never dealt with that concept before. So I'm, that's something I'm gonna have to read up on it and and educate myself on. I think Sam Harris has. Uh podcast about that i'm not mistaken that's uh i'm behind on so many podcasts as it is i'm not even gonna 
I'm not, I'm not going there. Well, if I find it, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link. Uh, all right, that's fair. That's fair. But, um, but anyways, yeah, and then there's also... <clears throat> it's kind of like... Um, this is a little more innocent. Um, people who can't empathize. It's kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Um, like we as males, we cannot know what it was like to be pregnant. True. So somebody who's never been in a war situation or, you know, um, it'll be difficult, more difficult for them to empathize. Um, but, you know, that doesn't exempt them from, because uh, Remembrance Day is basically, um, it's also included in the package, is, um, is basically uh, our, it's a, it's a means to make us understand that everything we have today is thanks to the sacrifice of our earlier generations. But that's always been the case, I mean, in every instance, I mean, even your great 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 grandma working on the farm uh, I think uh, everything from our past should be respected in that in that light but um, yeah but remembrance day is basically it's also remembering the sacrifice of preceding generations for the comforts we have now I'm trying to remember if it was Einstein or Hawking who had said, and I'm, I'm going to completely butcher this because I, I don't want to be tappity tappity, you know, uh, on the microphone while I'm, uh, you know, have that coming across. But uh, the quote was something to the effect of, if there is any reason why I should be able to see as far as I do many with the, the theoretical physics is because of the giants on whose shoulders I stand. That really is what societally, culturally as a species, what humanity has been. Intentionally learning from everyone else before it. And there's so many that just take that for granted. Because it's just there. I mean, why shouldn't it be there? I mean, it's just there. Without realizing, you know, like you said, the the fact that it, it, it's all because of somebody else before. God, the arrogance and hubris that we can have so easily by just forgetting about that simple concept. Well... For me, it just comes down to not thinking. I mean, it's just a fucking intellectual laziness. Uh, because, you know, um, I've got everything I want. Uh, why do I have to think about this? I don't want to think about this. Basically, it comes down to that. And when you, you know, I'm sure there's people that even feel confronted with uh, things like Remembrance Day, you know, which is kind of like an, an effort to to make us think, basically. I mean, that's what our ceremonies and uh, holidays and well, a lot of them anyway. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. 
like Martin Luther King Day. Um, yeah, well, this shit happened. And it's, a, it's an effort to, to keep it in the collective memory, uh, to prevent it from happening again. But, you know, if everybody's going to say, well, oh, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm like, that's also a, a behavior that's pretty rampant in today's uh, society. Yeah. Um, As we see in the anti-vaxxers. Mm. Well, I, I think that we may have held on to Veterans Day because we already have, you know, Memorial Day for people who died, you know, in war. Yeah, and that one's specifically a, a, a U.S.-centric thing, if I remember right. And it yeah. drives me up a wall because we have Memorial Day and then we have Veterans Day. Reminding everybody, this is over here in the U.S. Yeah. And they are both supposed to be two different things, mm -hmm. but it has tended to wrap around each other to where it's really annoying for me to see. No, kid, that's 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 not what that's not what Veterans Day is. That's Memorial Day you're thinking of. No, that's not Memorial Day. That's what we do on Veterans Day. The see, remind me of the difference between the two. Well, Memorial Day is for people who were in the military that died, you know, during wartime. And Veterans Day is to remember anybody who was in the military but not necessarily killed. Okay. Now here's the thing. And and this is gonna be an uncomfortable one for me to 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 point out. Not the same kind of uncomfortable kind of thing as as I've done on other things. In the U.S., we have had something that has really, really, really uh, annoyed me and in some cases even scared me. The way that we have culturally fetishized our military. And it's oh, not... Agree. And and it's not just the military, but to conflicts. And again, another caveat, it's not always even conflicts that we were directly involved to. And I'm pointing this one out very specifically because the fetish, the fetish is a fetish, whatever. You need some help. Hun, I've needed help for over 10 years. Don't get me started on this one. The, the giant ego stroking of the military goes even beyond the military itself. But it even goes into very specifically the terrorist attacks that we had had in 2001. To say that that event was specifically fetishized culturally mm -hmm. here in the U.S. is not putting too fine a point on it. It's not. And um, I don't remember what the show topic was that Seth Andrews had, but I had called in one time and just went off about that. 
and that, you know, just speaking for myself, and I'm sure that it isn't only me, that I was just fed up and sick and tired of being used as a campaign prop in a talking point and paraded out, you know, for political ends. Absolutely. And just felt really used and objectified. Well, I, 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 excuse the term, but I empathize with that feeling <laughs> because I, because I see, uh, uh, yeah, like veterans being like used in that way. Thank you for the service. Um, yeah. You know, pu- pu- just pu- pushing forward the, the patriotism part of it and all that, and while not at all mentioning the fact that, uh, you know, um, these guys are dying for corporate enter- interests. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's disingenuous as hell. And Stephanie, you hit on a piece that I was going to get. Stephanie put, the fetish is just lip service. Look at how veterans are treated if you think people really care. If people really cared, we wouldn't have a need for veterans. Well, it's not only that. I mean, people don't want to find any benefits for them. You're right. You're right. Joey has has said on multiple occasions with us when he's had to deal with the Veterans Administration, the VA, for medical assistance here in the U.S. After he has been out of uh, out of the service for a number of years now, his amount of medical coverage is based on a percentage of how much was he damaged Yes, I'm using this terminology very carefully. How much was he damaged by his involvement in the military up until the time that he was discharged? Yeah, I mean, it's service-connected disability, and it's a percentage. And the corporate interests that uh, benefited from the war. Um, uh, is their income going down? No. Uh, no, and and it's and it's a legit point. Over the years, what's it been? Boeing, Grumman, um, Halliburton, uh, shit. Uh, Raytheon. Raytheon. Uh, I already said no. Oh, the the air the air the actual. So that's but the arms dealers are just like a small part of it. I mean, like when you go back to the Iraq War, it's blanked as hell. You look up the Wikipedia article on the uh, on the Iraqi Petrol um, Consortium, yep. which was actually banned. Uh, they were kicked out of Iraq in 1973, and at the onset of the um, the, the Iraq war they didn't even wait for the war to finish they were back pumping exactly as before 1973 same oil fields the UK had one oil field the US had another because there's a coalition between the UK and the US and they were back pumping exactly the same way as before mm-hmm. in the same places just under a different name it's blatant as hell 
but you know we don't see anything about that in the press but uh thank you for your service yeah here here's here's a free dinner now go away yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna remind everybody about uh, something that i had done and uh, I, I know this is kind of pumping myself up just a little bit in, in how it's going to sound. But I want you to think about this one a moment. Some years ago, and I, I've talked about this one before, I was at a uh, uh, a local uh, barbecue place. Uh, unfortunately, doesn't exist anymore. Gentleman come in with his female companion. Don't know what their relationship was. But uh, they came in on a motorcycle. And I had seen that the leather writing jacket, which a proper leather writing jacket. Thank you. Folks want to be on a, on a, on a motorcycle, please actually wear proper gear. Thank you. Anyway, he had, you know, the usual, you know, biker, uh, you know, uh, pieces, uh, on it for various different things. And one of them in there that I had noticed was very specifically one for being a veteran of Vietnam. And this was a place that I had delivered to a couple of times before, you know, for the, uh, the bakery I was at. And I waved over one of the, uh, uh, one of the, uh, people behind the counter and whatnot working. And I'm just like, after they order, whatever their bill is, bring it to me. It's Okay. They ordered, and normally the way that you do it is, you know, you uh, you place your order when your uh, when your order is ready. You know, you'd come over, you'd pay, and you know, okay. So there was nothing unusual with the fact that you know they took their order and you know they didn't they didn't have to pay for anything just yet. So they came over, they gave me the bill, I paid for it, and I told them. When I ask what happened with the bill, tell them that somebody took care of it for them to say, just welcome home. That was the extent of it. And I found out some weeks afterwards when the guy finally asked about the bill and he was given the message. Wasn't told who did it. Was just told that somebody, somebody covered it for him. Apparently they said that this guy bawled into tears. Yeah. I ask you, even though this is this is going to sound like I'm I'm playing myself up really bad. I ask you, is that really how somebody in that kind of position should ever be, where a single act of kindness from someone who could would reduce them to tears of gratitude that somebody would do that for them? Just because? Well, I mean, after the way that they were treated when they came back here, I get it. Yeah. They didn't get a welcome home parade. And and let me just go ahead and on record as saying that I still think that that was kind of bullshit that something like that would happen anyway. But they didn't get any kind of a welcome home until sometime around 87? No. 
83, 84, 85. I think it was 85. Are you talking about a Vietnam War veteran? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't get any kind of a, a any kind of a, a welcome home thing in New York City very specifically until around roughly 1985, I think is what it was. And the reason I, I forgot rem- a lot of hate. The only reason I remember that, I don't remember the, what the date was, but the the radio station that I used to listen to out of New York City, they had promotions about that it was coming up for you know the veterans of, of Vietnam to to give them a, a a parade back into New York to you know to 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 the whole thing. And I remember very specifically, and I, I really want to find this clip. They went ahead and they had, you know, all the usual, you know, over the top, you know, uh, high energy background music and whatnot for the whole thing. And it starts to fade out at the very end of it all. And the announcer that's uh, doing for the whole thing is just like, and from. I'm sorry. And from all of us. To all the men and women of the armed forces from Vietnam. And at that point, there is no background music left over. It's just dead silence for about two seconds, which, by the way, in broadcast radio, two seconds of dead silence is like a lifetime of just you're supposed to be doing something. Ask anybody that's broadcasting. They'll tell you that's exactly right. It just pauses for just that two seconds. And it says from from all of us to all of the men and women from all of us men and women from the military it's dead silence thank you and that was it simple 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 and to the point it was not a a, a big grand you know thank you for the service that you did the whole thing you know the it was just just a simple thank you And it hurts me to think about it now. Again, that such a such a simple thing would be so meaningful. And like I said, the the whole fetishization of the of the thing. I don't care if it's the right word or not. I don't care at this point. We've got that that it happened where in two thousand one, thousands of people, but yet. Back in Pearl Harbor, was that fetishized? Kinda. It it it, this extent. No, it was not. But it kinda was. Kind of the same way that the main was fetishized. In so much as it was a rallying cry. Not like what we've gotten. Not like what we've gotten over the last 20 years, literally. Well, and another thing that I have noticed in, you know, even applying for jobs and things like that is used to, there was at least a veteran's preference if you had served. Yeah. And we no longer have that. We haven't had that in, I don't know, at least 15 or 20 years. 
I, I think Vietnam was, um, it was a transitional war because it was, um, at the time, uh, people didn't understand why they were, well, like World War II is very, very clear. Yes. <clears throat> why we were fighting or why we, no, I'm not going to include myself in there. No, um, and, and I mean, we, we can say we, because basically the human species was who was at, at battle on this one. I mean, yeah. there was a reason for it. Um, yeah. Vietnam, uh, not so much. Vietnam was a war. I will say it was a yeah. war. It was a war of fear. Yeah. Because, like, <clears throat> Vietnam was a follow-up to Korea. Which, like, uh, which, again, itself was also a war of fear. Well, yeah. Over here in the U.S., it was typified by what was known as the domino theory. The Cold War. The, the U.S., it's, it's really funny. It's like a transition between uh, the, the corporate and the, uh, the political um, reason for war. Instead of like before, people um, they used to present a uh, ideology, but um, <clears throat> nowadays uh, it's it's more about you know corporate interests operating in the background, and we're less and less able to identify with with uh, with the reasons for war, even. I don't know enough about the background of Korea and Vietnam to... Well, it's basically Korea was uh, against the communist uh, well, North Korea. Right. Right. I get, I get that. that. Against the communist, uh, the Viet Cong. And it was like, a, a, you know, against, uh, because uh, Russia was becoming... Uh, Instead of being an ally, as they were at the beginning of the uh, Second World War, they're increasingly become a, becoming a threat to American hegemony. That had quietly built up in the background. And then you have, you know, like the modern version, which is like the Iraq War, which was basically we want our shit back on false pretenses. Who can identify with that? You know, when I see a, a, a veteran from the, I'm speaking honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of shit fire for this, but I mean, when I see a veteran from, you know, like the, the Gulf War, first or second, I, I empathize, but for reasons different. I'm just, I'm um, uh, a soldier from the Gulf War. I see as somebody who has been through a lot of shit for reasons not clear, but I basically, uh, it's almost like a, a victim of abuse more than anything. I can't say that you're wrong on that one. I mean, abused by the political system, who profits from the corporate system, um, and, you know, and the, the soldiers thrown onto us as, uh, by the political 
people as uh, something that should be adulated. But yeah. if you, you know, if you follow the rabbit holes, um, basically, you know, this, this, the, the, the corporate interests or the shareholders or whatever, you know, people we don't even see in the public arena, they've poisoned the well. And they make it even, you know, somebody like me, I, I could even be jaded against veterans. I mean, like, I say, what the fuck? Didn't you look at what you're getting into? Why did you join into the army? You know, why are you going over there to Iraq? Why, why don't you ask any questions? But I'm not going to do that because, I mean, you know. Yeah, and really quickly, that goes on the literal opposite side of the spectrum now, where it's yeah. the, well... On, on, the, on the side that we've been at with the 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 late 20th and earliest early 21st century conflicts it is very easy to see where it was economic in nature those conflicts for profit versus yep. the absolute opposite end of the spectrum of that which is the supply side of the manpower. Why are you getting involved with the military? Don't you know what's going to end up happening to you? Yeah, but how the hell else am I going to get myself a college education? How am I going to get out of this squalid dirt hovel that I was born into? I've got no other prospects. What else can I do? Except yeah, put myself into indentured servitude. Yeah, but that's exactly, you know, why I can't condemn somebody like that because of the, the, there's so many cases like that. And then there's just some people who uh, have never learned differently. Who, And then there's basically, there's also people who see the military as almost a kind of a religion. Yeah, hold that, hold that thought right there because Stephanie had also said, and not exactly the religion piece, but kind of goes into that. Too many John Wayne movies and not enough exposure to the realities of combat. Yeah. Also, when I went in, it was to pay for school and it was before all of this. And I came very, very close to, you know, having to go over to Kuwait during, you know, Gulf War One, And had actually gotten orders and had started, you know, uh, out processing and all that and had gotten my vaccinations. They were getting ready to send me over. That was 91, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. And I had been out uh, for about six months. You know, off that, you know, I was on, uh, you know, off of active duty and they had recalled me. You must have and been it positively. Was a damn close thing. Had the the major conflict not been over as quickly as it was, I would have been gone. You must have been positively terrified. Yes, especially when they came knocking on my door. Whoa! whoa literally. Yes, they came and knocked on my door, handed me my orders, and told me that they would try to give me twenty four hours notice before I shipped out, if possible, and to be ready to go at any moment. That scared the hell out of me. Holy fuck. I, I think you, what 
I mean, it was that close. Now, imagine if this, if, if your country was under attack and you knew it. Like your country, like people, like um, <clears throat> another country targeting um, U.S. soil. Would you feel the same way if you got that message? It's it's still scary because you know I was in college at the time. Okay, that's I my point because when when the reason for your you know you're going to be putting yourself at risk, but if the reason for that risk is not clear, for me that makes it a hundred times scarier. I see where you're getting at. If it's self defense, is a different yep. and. Well, from my point of view, I mean, I guess they own you. You know, you, you raise your right hand, you take your oath, and they own you. They could, if they wanted to, call me back now and put me back on active duty because of my specialty. And that was not a thing until, you know, Gulf War II. And then Congress decided that they could recall certain specialties up until they were 65. See, when I had gone in, the obligation was four years that they could recall me. That got blown out of the water. No, it was six years that they could recall me to active duty after I got out. Uh, And that's no longer the case, but that is what I signed up for, was four years active and then six years inactive. And then supposedly I was done with my obligation, but that changed. But once you were out and, you know, pursuing civilian life and have a job and you're in school, you just don't expect to be called back on active duty. Because, you know, that's the only time that a lot of us had had served was during peacetime and never had that happen before. And so even at college, you know, I had already paid my tuition and everything and was asking about how do I go about getting a refund? And they're like, it's too late in the semester. You can't. And I'm like, but if they recall me, I have no choice. I have to go. And they had never dealt with anything like that before. So they didn't have any answers. And then having to tell my employer, you know, I will try to give you 24 hours notice before I ship, but there's no guarantees because some people in my husband's class had two hours notice and pulled them out of class and shipped them out. Two hours. So yeah, my stuff was packed and ready to go, and I was just waiting on them to send me. And had already done all the paperwork, gotten vaccinations, and uh, you know, power of attorney and all that stuff. And here for me, the closest thing that I can put as an analog to that was helping out the weather spotters with the ham radio community and having a, a, a radio jump bag with all the stuff that you need with, <laughs> with 20 pounds worth of lead acid batteries so that you'd be able to keep yourself powered for, for radio communications for, you know, like two days straight, if need be, if anything goes pear shaped. Yeah. So, That's, I mean, I had already gone to base and, you know, done my, my, in processing and all that and was yeah i was on standby but back to and the then question i got the notification to stand down and i was like oh shit 
You have never heard a pucker release so quickly in your life. <laughs> You're not kidding. And but they you, hit, you know, yeah. <laughs> but back to the question that you had uh, before, Joseph. If it was a direct attack on your own country, would it be different? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. I still could not for myself. I... I... You know, who wants other people's shit, you know? You want... Who would That's... want to... Like, I just... The, the mentality, like... <clears throat> you know, what, what went on during, like, uh, World War II Germany, where they actually felt justified in... Oh, it was a build-up, don't forget. That's what oh, makes yeah. it the difference. Yeah. That makes all From the difference the, in the world. Yeah. Because, uh, well, they used the, the national, the collective, uh, the collective humiliation, actually, of World War I to, to lead into World War Two. Yeah. And, and even and the, the... Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Which Germany was uh, just a part of for the longest part of its history before becoming Prussia, Bavaria, whatever. Yeah. And, and and you're right it that that slow that slow raising of the temperature of the water to a boil that's what made all the difference in the world because it was just it was just another step that was just accepted because it was just another step that was accepted but it was it's really funny because the communists and the, uh, the the Nazis were opposed to each other, but they were both seeking the same thing. They were seeking to make um, uh, a unithought society where a central faction would decide for all others, you know, what's good or bad for them. Just different forms. And religion does exactly the same thing. A few quote-unquote authorities decide for everybody else uh, what's best for them. And that's a position easily abused because, like, you know, now with the corporate control of everything, uh, yeah, I, I won't go down that rabbit hole. It's too long. Yeah, we don't, we don't have nearly enough time for that one. But the, the point is well made, though. Totalitarianism comes in many different forms, and sometimes it's political, sometimes it's ideological, sometimes it's economic, sometimes it's religious. It, it It's all the same song and dance, it's just a different costume that's being put on it. Yeah, and the, and the goal is almost always the same. It wasn't the resources. I'm, like when these authorities, all through history, no matter what costume they were wearing, they wanted dominance over another population. Because when you've got a control over an economy, well, you get a cut. And that's it. And ultimately, what is it really for? Most of the wars through history have been over our complacency, our complacent labor. Yeah. We're getting uh, we're getting pretty close to the top of the hour, and uh, I I've got something that I want to uh, specifically finish on. Um, Joseph, you're 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 still going at this point. Um, 
I mean, finish off whatever whatever thought you've got that kind of ties back along with that because I mean, you, you, what you're saying, I, I, I'm I'm enjoying what it is that you're saying right there. Well, I tied the bow, and I'm going to snip the knot. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's basically most of the wars through history wouldn't have happened had people decided for themselves what's good or bad for themselves. Or, in other words, critical thinking. Would anybody capable of critical thought really want to invade another country? It's, it's a question, maybe, for... It's just an idea to test. Well, if they were going after somebody else's resources, yeah, they would... <laughs> And reminding of what? Good. Oh yeah, like, but th those are those few. Now, would you join an army organized by somebody going after somebody else's resources? If you I wouldn't. No. No. That, well, that that's my that, that that underlines perfectly my question. Yeah, and what I was going to say is uh, just reminding folks that resources does not necessarily mean oil or wheat production it could just be people especially younger and influenced in, in in more easily influenced people that's 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 the terminology i was looking for um what do you want to finish off on bridge i don't really have anything <laughs> that's fair that's fair. By the way, uh, I'm I'm guessing the Felis was directing this one uh, at you for you uh, about the whole you know call up time frame. That is just wrong. So the whole terror you must have been feeling, sympathy, empathy. I don't care which which title it goes with it, but something tells me that you definitely have somebody that was kind of backing you now. <laughs> you just it's it's just it's hard to imagine unless you have been in that situation you know before but yeah to see you know two you know men in uniform show up at your house in the middle of the day and knock on the door and then hand you this big manila envelope in it and say you've been recalled yeah That was terrifying. Can I immediately it. called my dad, and I was just freaking out like you would not believe. Or maybe you would believe it. I don't know. But yeah, I had several moments of just sheer terror. I don't remember the date. I just remember it was in January. Somehow, I um, wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't remember what the date was two minutes after that either. It, I, I just didn't expect it. But when you look out the window and see who is knocking at your door, yeah. It doesn't exactly mean the same thing for us, but uh, to say that to use the expression... I knew why they were there, put it that way. 
Fair enough. I'll leave it at that. And I was trained as a field medic, so, uh, yeah. I'm going to leave this all with this. Because there is no way in hell that anything that I could come up with at this point would put nearly as prominent a dot on this whole topic as these words from 1994. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, Every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering. Thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrine. Every hunter and forger. Every hero and coward. Every creator or destroyer of civilization. Every king and peasant. Every young couple in love. Every mother and father hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner, how frequent the misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds, our postures, our imagined self-importance, the delusions that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity and all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at at least not in the near future, to which our species could migrate, visit, Yes, settle. Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot 
the only home we've ever known. The words written, 1994, by Carl Sagan. The Pale Blue Dot. If you do not recall what that picture is, I highly advise that you should, you should look it up. With that, we need to get on out of here. Thank you, everyone, so much for being with us. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives, and you've got something worth thinking about for the week ahead. Guys, thank you. Joseph, again, welcome back. Good to have you. You take care of yourself and, and try to have yourself a good morning, huh? Yeah, well, <clears throat> try to have yourself a good night. <laughs> Well, I've got a, a computer things that I'm going to be playing with, so yay, go me. Maybe I'll wait until tomorrow. And Bridget, thank you. You made it. I did. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> yep. As an aside, by the way, to that, uh, for anybody that's ever been wondering, because I know every, all of you have been, um, you can only buy Fisherman's Friend in boxes of 40. I'm very pissed off because I was looking to find like much, much bigger collections that you could put. No boxes of 40. That's it. Damn it. Anybody that doesn't know about Fisherman's friend, 114% eucalyptus. If you have it, it will kill it. Anyway, with that, um, who would you like to go ahead and uh, and uh, uh, tempt the YouTube reviewer of our show for tonight? Mike Flynn, just go fuck yourself, you theocratic, Christo-fascist asshole. Wow, it's been a long time since we used that one in particular. He could take his one nation, one religion bullshit and just shove it up his ass. You, you forgot one word. Sideways. 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 I can't say so. Blame me on that one. And uh, may I just add one more onto that one? Sure. There's somebody who's got some new legal paperwork that's coming their way. Because uh, they didn't want to talk. Uh, Mark Meta? No. Uh, I know Steve Bannon's in some deep shit. Yep. I think he's supposed to surrender himself Monday. I know the wheels of justice turn slowly, but turn they do. But still, three it is weeks. very satisfying to know that it's coming. But, but three weeks from a referral to an indictment is lightning fast for the DOJ. I'm really hoping that this is the first pebbles falling in an avalanche. I'm really I hoping. I, I think that the other people who were thinking of uh, not showing up when they're subpoenaed, I think maybe having some second thoughts about that. Can't imagine why. Oh, right, well, because there's no executive privilege anymore, so yay. Well, there's not, and the 
from what I understand, if I'm not mistaken, Monday is supposed to be for the hearing. And so Bannon is looking at anywhere from 30 days to a year in jail. Fine by me. So anyway, thank you, hon. Oh, you're welcome. On the chat, uh, TDTF, by the way, good to see you over there. Hope that you're taking care of yourself because Lord knows you came in fashionably late and oh my God, the hell time for you to show up in the middle of all this for a change. Nice, nice one to show up in the middle of. I'm not, I'm not ragging on you for being late because I mean, you show up when you show up, but it's just right in the middle of any damn depressing topics and whatnot. Crap. What a time to show up. Right. But glad you were able to take care of yourself. Felis. Thank you, hon. You take care of yourself. Stephanie, again, take care of yourself. Good to have you back on. on. Now you know what time you have you have to get up with us this time now, because, you know, thank you, Daylight Savings Time. Whatever. And anyway, we will deal with it. Um, please all take care of yourselves. Please really, really be safe. Um. As I've said to uh, the folks during my radio show last night, for those of you that have upcoming holidays, we know, of course, in the U.S., we've got Thanksgiving coming up near the end of the month. We've got Christmas coming. Please, I know that we do not exactly have a large reach, but please, if you don't need to travel, please don't yet. I know it's really tempting to be able to do that, that, you know, vaccination, the, the no kill me juice is, is going to, you know, protect us all. Yeah, it will. But if you talk to any Dungeons and Dragons person, they'll tell you. There's always the chance of rolling a one. Do we really need to do that right now? Regardless, please be safe, and we will again talk to you again, minimally, next week. So until the next time we're together, everyone, as always, I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. 16 years plus on later, hon, I am still in love with you. Ah. But today, Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. And until the next time we get together, everyone, as always... Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.